0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. There's another interesting story, though, I wanted to follow up on. I think this does uh, speak to the idea that you have, you know, lawyers who work on contingency fee bases. And uh, what's interesting, the story that I was reading in the Star earlier today about this gentleman, Kim Kevin Hunt, suffered a catastrophic brain injury on an ATV. He crashed it up about six years ago. His girlfriend at the time uh, took him away. It says spirited away for a secret wedding. And uh, the guy, I guess because his family felt he was being exploited for his estate, and whatever monies he had from the insurance and so on and so forth, uh, he was a victim of a predatory marriage. And that's the way the Ontario Superior Court of Justice Edward J. Cokie saw it, or Coke, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, but he also said that she had to pay, through legal aid, his damages. And I think he rang up a, a rather, you know, excessive amount to the tune of about 190000 but now uh, a further appeals court has determined that that was improper. Why? I mean, why should he be out of pocket? Because he had to defend himself against something that looked to me like a case that uh, was, well, as the judge found, a predatory marriage. Let's get Lawrence Ben-Eliezer in here, our friend who's a criminal defense lawyer, and uh, he can perhaps explain the legalities. Lawrence, how you doing this afternoon?
1: Always great to be with you, John, so I'm much better now. <laughs>
0: All right. And likewise, I must say, uh, because... I, I, I respect your wisdom in these matters, uh, your sagacity, because, Lawrence, I don't know. To me, this was an open-and-shut deal where the guy, you know, he seemed like he was victimized uh, by this, call it a gold digger, if you will. Uh, so why shouldn't she have paid damages even though she was on legal aid? Oh.
1: Well, uh, it's a very interesting question, John, as always. You have an act for putting those out there. Um, the, uh, the fact is, though, that in this case she was ordered to pay costs because she was a party to the proceeding and then she lost. And, of course, the law in, uh, in Canada and certainly in Ontario is that a, someone who loses at litigation pays at least part of the winning party's costs and uh, sometimes all of the, losing parties, all of the winning party's costs not damages, but costs. So uh, anything that the winning party would have paid out in legal fees and disbursements or expenses uh, and shouldn't have had to pay out because the litigation ended up going their way. In this particular case, the real issue for the court, and this is what the court struggled with, was whether Legal Aid Ontario as a non-party to the litigation should be ordered to pay costs. And, of course, this raises that old conundrum about um, uh, legal aid being a non party and legal aid for for uh, the benefit of your listeners, legal aid has no mechanism for monitoring the quality of services rendered by the lawyer. What happens is that somebody in this case, this woman, um, applies for a certificate, a certificate is issued based on financial considerations. She then gets to choose any lawyer who's on the legal aid roster. And that lawyer renders services, but there's no, and legal aid pays, but there's no way for legal aid to monitor the quality of those services and whether or not uh, they are useful and It would have been uh, i think preferable for legal aid to be forced to pay these costs because that would at the very least have triggered some mechanisms that it does that this does not happen again, so that Um, uh, lawyers aren't wasting the time of the court. I don't mean that this lawyer did that, but clearly this litigation went hard against one of the parties and shouldn't have gone forward and would not have gone forward but for the legal aid funding, because there's no lawyer that's going to work for free on this.
0: Well, right. And so what you're suggesting is this would tamp down any kind of flagrant or irresponsible billing on the part of a lawyer who says, I'm on the dime of legal aid, so why don't we just continue this on and see where it goes? You know, billable hours being racked up. That's what you're intimating here, right?
1: Well, I'm not saying irresponsible billing, but when I have a client, and by the way, and and many people may not agree with me, but I, I think a lawyer who works on legal aid has no client, uh, and therefore, this woman, given that she could never pay costs, she works at Tim horton's and legal aid could never pay costs she wasn 't facing any consequences of moving forward with this litigation i 'm sure the lawyer asked for permission to move forward i 'm sure he billed responsibly to to use your language, but it's not necessarily the advice he would have given to a client who had real money on the line because if I tell a client, listen. You know, the law's not on your side, and if you lose, you're going to owe the other side a couple of hundred grand in costs, potentially. That client may not be so keen to move forward. So I wouldn't call it irresponsible billing, but I would say that the advice the client receives may not have been the same had it been a true client rather than simply a litigant whose costs are being covered by legal aid, which, as I say, has no mechanism for monitoring whether or not something should happen in, in and a step should be taken in a particular litigation.
0: Is there not an intermediary step where maybe somebody could have suggested this doesn't even get to trial?
1: Of course, and there's lots of opportunities to settle this stuff. Uh, I am not privy to the communications between uh, the lawyer who represented. This uh, the the uh, Mr. Hunt. No, not Mr. Hunt. Oh, I see that. I don't know what that lawyer's communications were with Legal Aid. I don't know if the lawyer said, "Look, here's my options, uh, and here's what I recommend," because that's what you do with a client—you present six options and you say here are the pros and the cons of each one. That's not the same as with Legal Aid.
0: Well, yeah, except that now uh, this guy's victimized twice. Uh, first of all, he uh, was, according to the earlier court ruling at the superior court level, a victim of a predatory marriage where he couldn't consent to marriage because he had been mentally incapacitated in this ATV uh, accident six years right. ago, and now he has to pay his own legals.
1: I agree with you, John, but that's the cost of doing business in Her Majesty's courts in Ontario. Um, he had a lot... Well, I mean, the other argument is... He may have had to pay out a couple hundred thousand dollars in in his own uh, legal fees, but he's protecting, by the sounds of it, a couple of million dollars or more worth of assets uh, against this uh, predatory uh, bride. So that may be a worthwhile investment. There's lots of arguments on both sides, but I think the unfortunate thing here is that Ms. Warrod, like everyone else covered by a legal aid certificate in civil litigation, primarily family Uh, litigation and immigration, don't face any financial consequences for losing. And that threat, that risk, is the most important deterrent we have in Ontario against unwise litigation. I mean, I I tell clients all the time, if you want to go ahead, sure, happy to do it, but here are your risks, and it's primarily financial.
0: Yeah, but in the cases you cited with this particular woman, there was no downside. There was no risk. She loses. She doesn't pay. He pays. Uh, It was all upside.
1: That's right, and I think it's high time that legal aid be held accountable because it's high time that legal aid started monitoring um, what lawyers do on certificates. You'll remember the Wills case a few years ago where a lawyer billed $800,000 for work that wasn't done, and he eventually ended up getting disbarred. But this is what happens in a system without any real accountability. And Legal Aid is this monstrous uh, bureaucracy uh, that is is accountable only to itself, not to the court system.
0: Well, except that Doug Ford has uh, tamped it down somewhat of late, and there's uh, been the howls of outrage uh, as a consequence to that. But uh, maybe they do need. Uh, somebody there to uh, ride herd on them. Lawrence, I'll let you go on that note. I really appreciate the explanation as always. It's good to uh, have a chat.
1: It's always a pleasure, John.
0: Thank you, Lawrence. Ben Aliazzar, criminal defense lawyer, clarifying that point on legal aid. Now you know. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts,
1: Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.